0: This section of the podcast is called Return to Normalcy. At the conclusion of World War I, Warren G. Harding becomes president. Warren G. Harding's slogan when running for president was Return to Normalcy. To bring back laissez-faire into the United States, Warren G. Harding when office made a pro-business, conservative, Republican agenda, which which was made of taxes were reduced, partially for corporations and wealthy individuals, high protective tariffs were enacted, and immigration was limited. Additionally, the United States hosted a Successful naval disarmament conference for the world's leading countries. On August 2, 1923, Hardin had a heart attack and died at 57 years old. The vice president, Calvin Coolidge, had to step in and become the new president. A famous saying Calvin Coolidge had when discussing the American economy was, The chief of America is business. This means that America does business best, and that is what we should stick to. The policies that President Coolidge believed in when he was President of the United States was he believed that the United States was a business country and we should be all about business. The laissez Fair had a great impact on the economy of the United States because it allowed individual people to create their own businesses so they were not run by the government and they can have their own way of living. This section of the podcast is the Red Scare. In November of 1917, Russia became the Soviet Union, making them a communist country. The Americans did not approve of this. Communism is when the government is in control of the entire country. A majority of Americans did not like communism because they believed in them having a say in the government and they did not like that the government ran the whole country. Americans feared that communism would take over their country and they would no longer be able to have a say in their government. You cannot tell if a person is a communist. The people put in charge of removing communists from America was the FBI. Palmer got rid of American communists by deporting them out of the country. I feel Palmer and the FBI made immigrants feel not welcome and not at home in the United States because some immigrants were falsely accused of being communists. Sacco and Vanzetti were Italian immigrants that immigrated to America. Both Sacco and Vanzetti were accused of being communists by the American government so they were executed. Immigrants felt that they should not immigrate to America because they felt this might happen to them. The Red Scare had a bad impact on American people because the American people felt immigrants were bad people and not trustworthy. This section of the podcast is called the Scopes Monkey Trial. The Scopes Monkey Trial took place on July 14th, 1925 in Tennessee. John Scopes was a science teacher at a school in Tennessee. John Scopes was accused of teaching evolution from apes to humans. The law that John Scopes violated was the Butler Law. The law stated that any teaching of the Darwin's theory of evolution in any public school or university shall be fined or enforced for any punishment. The person representing John Scopes was Clarence Darrow. He was a lawyer. The person prosecuting Scopes was William Jennings Bryan. He was a lawyer also. The argument made by Scopes' lawyer in the case was he was defending his client and society's free thought on modern science which was all part of a person's First Amendment right to free speech and thought. This court case gained national attention because it was the first ever court case to be broadcasted all over the radio stations in the U.S. The reaction in the town where the court case was happening thought the court was right and that Scopes was in the wrong because they believe that Scopes should not be teaching evolution from apes because they believe their religion is important. The decision made in this case was that Scopes was found guilty and he was fined $100 for his actions. People considered the Scopes Monkey Child a metaphor. Because people say it was old people versus young people or scientists versus religion, and that is why they believed it was a metaphor. This part of the podcast is called Prohibition. The 18th Amendment made alcohol illegal. The prohibition era started in 1919 and ended in 1933. The advantages to prohibition were the family savings increased because they did not have to spend money on buying alcohol. Another reason prohibition had advantages was that the health records indicated a decrease in deaths caused by alcohol two disadvantages of prohibition were people then felt the need to sneak alcohol into the United States called smuggling also people felt the need to make their own alcohol this is called bootlegging a speakeasy is a undercover bar in the 1920s that was hidden behind a normal shop to keep low so people can drink alcohol there. Bootlegging was when people that did not have any alcohol around decided to make their own alcohol. Sometimes bootlegging would go bad and it would explode or it would be too powerful, it would poison and kill them. Prohibition led to organized crime because people felt the need to still have alcohol in the United States, so they would smuggle and bootleg alcohol. The leading crime boss of the 1920s was Al Capone. The 18th amendment was different than all the other amendments because it was the only amendment that held restrictions on people's freedom in the United States. Prohibition had a bad impact on America in the 1920s because it led people to do organized crimes such as bootlegging and uh, smuggling in the United States. So I feel we should have never banned alcohol or made it illegal. This part of the podcast is the women's right movement. The women's suffrage movement began at the Seneca Falls Convention. African Americans were allowed to vote before women were allowed to vote. The two women that became the leaders of the National Woman Suffrage Association were Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth. Katie Stanton (laughs) The part of America That had already given women The right to vote Was the western part Of the United States By 1910 The parts of America Who had not given women The right to vote Was the east coast And part of the northeast Also Also a little of the North. North uh, Central. World War I helped women in America gain the right to vote because f- women would serve in the, mil- in the military as medics and would help the army to stay healthy in the war. Alice Paul. Was the leader of the Iron Jawed Angels. The Iron Jawed Angels are a group of women that fought for women's suffrage. On August 26, 1920, the women of the United States were given the right to vote. This day is so important in our history because many women were waiting to be allowed to vote for so long. Babe Ruth was born and raised in Pigtown, Maryland. He became such a great baseball player. One interesting fact about Babe Ruth was he was... This person gained fame in the 1920s when he became such a great baseball player. One interesting fact about Babe Ruth was he was one of the only two people to ever hit three home runs in a World Series game. Adjectives I would use to describe Babe Ruth are he was tall, he was fat, and he was a white man. A great impact on the American country because he changed the game of baseball forever and to this day baseball is still one of the most popular sports in America. A famous quote from Babe Ruth is I swing with everything I have I hit big or I miss big I like to live as big as I can. This quote is to give life everything you got because you only can get one shot at it. And everything you do, try your hardest at it. We should remember Babe Ruth as one of the best baseball players of all time. We should also remember him because he changed the way of baseball forever. This part of the podcast is called the stock craze. The economy in the 1920s prospered big time. I can prove this because from the charts from yesterday, it shows that the stock market kept rising and had no decrease in its market. The method that many Americans used to buy products that they couldn't afford afford was the installment plan the installment plan worked by people buying now and they would pay the bank back later the products people would buy with the installment plan was they would buy refrigerators washing machines vacuums radios all expensive things but then it worked as if as how long how much money you paid to buy that stuff in the end it would cost more advertisement played a part in the consumer economy because it made people think that they needed to buy vacuums refrigerators or they it made them think they needed to buy that stuff meanwhile they didn't have to consumer debt in the 1920s went up this meant more people and more consumers had higher debt from 1920 to 1929, many Americans believed that they should invest in the stock market because they felt they can become rich very fast without losing money. A mistake that all buyers of the stock market made when buying the stock market, a piece of the stock market was they all thought it would always go up and never come down, but that is always not the case. When the stock market continually trends to go up, we call it a bull market. Many Americans bought stocks by using the buying on margin method. Buying stocks on margin was risky because it was not your money you were putting into the stocks. It was the bank's money or or whoever's money it was you took from. And if the stock market went down, you still owed them the money, but you also did not have the money to give them back, so you were taking money out of your own wallet, and you were not making any money at all. Installment buying and buying stocks on margin led to an unstable economy during the late 1920s, because if everyone in the... U.S. bought on installment or on margin. That means they didn't have any money and all the banks were giving away their money. So there was no way for the economy to run. This section of the podcast is called the Great Migration. A.K.A. the Harlem Renaissance. The Great Migration took place in the 1890s. The Great Migration was when many African Americans migrated to the north from the south to find job opportunities up north. Push factors that led African Americans to leave the south was in the south they still played slavery still played a huge role in their economy and was all over the south and did not offer many jobs to African American people. The pull factors that made African Americans come to the north was for jobs and just a better quality of life up here because slavery was not as high enforced as it was down south where they lived a miserable life. Most African Americans When coming to the North settled in big cities such as New York City and in New York City most African Americans settled in Harlem that is why it's called the Harlem Renaissance. The most famous African American settlement in the North was Harlem by far because they all migrated to people of the same culture and same ways of living. The areas of society that African Americans were showing the rest of society was in writing, acting, and music. Jazz became the leading music form in America because while playing jazz it meant no two pieces of music were the same and people from all over the United States would come to clubs and places in Harlem just to to hear the jazz music. The most famous jazz musician in the 1920s was Louis Armstrong. He drew huge audiences such as white Americans and many African Americans caught the jazz fever fears for his music. The Harlem Renaissance had a huge impact on American society of the 1920s because the um, African Americans bringing their culture to the north made the African American culture spread throughout the United States so people can learn and also play music such as jazz that the African Americans like to play.